All right, time for our daily portal update. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. And our portal update brought to you by Swiftco Roofing and Construction, 405-831-8222. Brent Swift and his 25 years of roofing, remodeling, and construction experience will come personally look at your roof and home, swiftcoteam.com. Question, as we simmer in the Caden Green news, do you find yourself following all the portal information like I do? I, the portal reporters are now they're my they're my spirit animals. In fact, coming up here in a moment, I did want to play something from uh, Andy Staples podcast. And if you listen to this show with any regularity, you know I'm a big Andy Staples guy. But uh, yeah, Pete Dacos, he is their portal reporter for the uh, for on three. I did the athletics? I, th- I think Vadini's the athletic guy. But it, I find myself, I want to know what's going to happen with you know, all the quarterbacks and the effect that it has. So we'll we'll get a little national perspective on it <laughs> in a bit. Gunny, uh, Gunny from Stutzman's Army writes, update, yesterday's portal, bad. <laughs> That's a good update. Fair update. But I, I do think it – I was listening to Teddy and Tyler yesterday, and at one point <laughs> – at one point, Tyler goes, can, can we talk about Deion Burks now? <laughs> Is it Because the news with Caden Green drops, what, about 2.30, 3 o'clock yesterday? And at that point, I think everybody wants to know, what's going on? Why did this happen? I'm mad at this coach. I'm mad at that dad. I'm mad at this fan. Whatever, right? I just – it it evokes a lot of emotions. But we – did see Oklahoma add a wide receiver in Deion Burks. And it just seems to me to be a guy kind of similarly, not necessarily in size, but just in production. He had even less, he had even more production than Andrell Anthony did coming in. And we saw what that did, right? Once Andrell Anthony got here. So you and I had a chance to talk about Deion Burks yesterday because it happened later in the program. But I, for one, Connor Passby, I I don't think that the excitement of Deion Burks can be lost based on you know, what happened with Caden Green. Yeah, it can. I mean, he's got great film, and according to Hayes Fawcett, he's one of the top wide receivers in the portal. So, yes, it is a great get uh, to what is already a pretty stacked wide receiver room. So you're adding some pretty good production uh, with a guy at Purdue that had over 700 yards. So, yes, it's a good get. I brought this up yesterday. I... I have had questions about whether or not Jalil Farouk would be returning or if he would be a guy that with his size and with you know his obvious ability, if he would enter the NFL draft. But, I mean, no one else seems to have that question. <laughs> so if, if I'm the only one, then let's just go ahead with the addition of Deion Burks out of the portal and let's go through the guys that we assume are going to be back in that room, right? Jaden Gibson, Jalil Farouk, Nick Anderson, Andrell Anthony. Now, uh, Steelman mentioned L.V. Bunkley Shelton, but he was one of the dudes that went through senior day. I was trying to reach out to get that list of just the guys that went through senior day, and I remember L.V. Bunkley Shelton being one of those guys, and even in my mind, I was like, oh, wow, okay. Again, no offense to the kid. He didn't really do too terribly much once he transferred from Arizona State. He got hurt. But when Steelman mentioned him, I was like, okay, maybe 
Maybe that's a name we should. But for, but just for argument's sake, I'm going to leave him out of this conversation, okay? So Deion Burks, Jaden Gibson, Jalil Farouk, Nick Anderson, Andrell Anthony, J.J. Hester, Brendan Thompson, Jaquez Petaway, Gavin Freeman. That's nine wide receivers. And let's not forget the, the signing class for Oklahoma that's coming in with all of the, uh, the, the receivers that are committed to Oklahoma for the 2024 class right now, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. Because you add, let me see here, make sure I get this right. I, do we know what Andy Bass is going to be? Have we had conversations about that? I mean, do we do we consider him in this mix? Yeah. Because well, I, is, is yeah, I mean, is he going to be a, a slot guy? Right. I mean, I, I don't know, but just for the 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 sake of this conversation and knowing that he has an ACL injury, I'm going to leave him out. But at least for next year, you know, right? What Jacob Jordan, Zion Reagans, you know, just to, to name a couple. They're, they're really, really loaded at wide receiver for those that are coming in next year. Um, who am I leaving out? Oh, uh, Ivan uh, Carrion. I think I'm saying that right. And then uh, Kelly Daniels. You know, that's you know, 13, 14 dudes in that room. And still relatively young if we're just looking at that list. Bunch of guys that uh, played a lot, got on the field quite a bit this year. Yeah, and, and Michigan Sooner, I just texted, he said uh, – Farouk told Eddie and the crew last night after practice that he expects to come back. Well, I, I, I hear you, and I want that more than anything. But in the world of a the portal and b you know decisions being made, I wonder if I, I, those things can change. But thanks, Michigan Sooner, I appreciate it. For now, I'm leaving him on my list. He's no longer in my question mark list. We're, yeah, we're seeing some running back. I mean, Andy Bass is 5'11", 200, obviously playing quarterback for Heritage Hall. Yeah. I mean, last night I was I was texting with, with our buddy Chris Wilkerson, superstar youth football coach in Washington, America, champion, and one of the great noble football players of all time. And he was shooting me the quarterback stats of Andy Bass. I was like, whoa. Now, granted, I know, probably doesn't project as a college quarterback when Mrs. Love even thinks that there's a chance that he could be a running back, too, at the next level. And Ohio Sooner writes, I think Ivan Carrion could be an option at tight end. The kid is massive. Yeah, well, I mean, let's just let's, – let's see if he can play receiver first. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Let's get let's, – and, and you might be right. Maybe it is a situation where he gets there and realizes, oh, okay. Mark – the greatest, you know, the greatest example of that one, right? You know, when Mark Andrews came to Oklahoma to be and why he chose Oklahoma, because it was his understanding that what he was going to get to play wide receiver. I think tight end worked just fine. <laughs> I think tight end worked out for him <laughs> as well too. He thought he was going to get the chance to come here and play uh, wide receiver, and he did. But yeah, carry on six six two oh five. That's a big body. That's a. That's a starting left tackle in 3A football, baby. Uh, okay, so there is there is that update on the excitement over the addition yesterday of Deion Burks. And the Oklahoma ad still looks like this. Desmore, corner slash safety out of San Diego State. Spencer Brown, offensive tackle out of Michigan State. And Deion Burks, wide receiver out of do so there you go 
And it looks like still in on the South Carolina running back as well. With he he committed this morning. Oh, he did? Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. The Arkansas running back okay. committed to South Carolina. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> hey, the portal is insane, dude. But, yeah, that's what the Arkansas running back that had at least been linked from, like, the fan poll. <laughs> uh, he he um, he chose South Carolina this morning. And this is not OU related, but that Georgia defensive end from last night, Marvin Jones Jr., entered the portal. Top 20 overall recruit. It's still weird to me, and I know that this is going to make me sound like an absolute old man, but it's still weird to me that we're at an age where there's a Marvin Jones Jr. I just I, – I, I, don't, I don't know how this is possible right now in life. And – and – and – that he's out there available on the market right now. Yeah. Mm-mm. So Marvin Jones Jr., has there been anyone linked to him yet? I can't find anything right now. I thought he was a slam dunk to like go to Florida State. I thought everyone was saying that that was going to end up being where he ended up, and then lo and behold, he ended up at Georgia. Is there part – okay, this is another part of me. I just want to be real honest with you. When I sometimes see a guy that's in the uh, in the portal from Georgia or somewhere like that, it's just I'm, I'm like, okay, what what's wrong there? What happened? Because you don't just leave Georgia as a starting kinda, edge rusher. Yeah, well, kind of similar to was it the uh, oh man, what was it? A Georgia <laughs> player after winning the national championship who transferred to Alabama. Right. Right. Anyway, I, I I don't know if if Oklahoma would be in the mix on him, but I also I also wouldn't be too surprised. I wouldn't be too surprised if we have a situation that may, that basically lines up where Oklahoma could end up on a couple of these guys. In fact, twenty four seven Sports just reported that Juice Wells is in the transfer portal. Actually, they're kind of giving an update on his recruitment right now and where he might end up. But, yeah, Juice Wells is a guy that a lot of people think uh, could end up in Big 12 country. Ole Miss is mentioned as a possibility for Juice. I guess when I see Texas, that's no longer Big 12 country, right? It is kind of wild. Most of these guys that are transferring out of the SEC are transferring to another SEC school. That's always hilarious to me. And then real quick, like I mentioned before we get to the phones at 405-329-9000, I am someone that is following all of the transfer portal news that's out there, not just OU-related, all of it. So Nebraska's quarterback saga I find to be quite interesting. And Was that already playing? Oh, dang it. I think I just screwed up. Nebraska's quarterback saga I find quite interesting because I don't know know if we saw Matt Rule trying to throw us off the scent or not. But remember, he's like, it's like two to two and a half million dollars to go get a quarterback right now. And now who are they in on? Kyle McCord. Suddenly, Dominic Rayola has already opened up his recruiting. And uh, he's taking a visit to, to Lincoln. Here's what I guess you could call one of my favorite portal dudes to get information from. Uh, here's what Pete Nako said about the Kyle McCord saga right now. Well, as they can get 
who can catch the ball down the field, who can make plays, would be That's a big Andy. deal for them. But let's, let's really talk about up McCord a little bit. Here. here we go. Uh, who has he been looking at, and, and when did Nebraska enter the picture? You know, um, the offense coordinator in Nebraska, Marcus Satterfield, flew to Columbus last week um, for a quick meeting, and it's worth throwing out there that Nebraska has by far been the most aggressive school when it comes to trying to find a quarterback on this market. I think they've talked to five now. Um, but that meeting went really well. And then in terms of where else McCord's looked, I've heard some rumblings about Mississippi State. Uh, there was a thought that Syracuse could get in the mix, but I mean, the last like 48, 72 hours, it's been all Nebraska. Let's, let's see so, from oh, Matt. Hold, hold on. So Nebraska getting involved in the quarterback conversation, which saw two guys fall off the board yesterday, right? Riley Leonard. Riley Leonard ends up at, at Notre Dame, which we all thought, and Tyler Van uh, Dyken. Oh, where, where, is, where is Tyler going? Well, I did, I, I did, yeah, I did see him enter the portal. Well, he – oh, Wisconsin. Thank you. Tyler Van Dyken ended up at Wisconsin, and I don't know why I made him a Van Dyken. So you have – you have Wisconsin now playing that quarterback game in the portal, too. Will Howard still doesn't have a school. Do you see who's the leading school right now for Will Howard? It's USC. I, I did see that. Yep, the Kansas State guy. Interesting. That's kind, of an odd, that's kind of an odd fit, it feels like. And by the way, here's a couple of updates on a few others of the top uh, portal players right now. Walter Nolan, his projection seems to be pretty strong to Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Boy, Lane Kiffin wasn't messing around, was he? Cam Ward, these are some of the best available players in the portal right now. He's the quarterback that was at Incarnate Word and went to Washington State. He's being viewed as a potential target and landing at Miami, which as it stands right now, Miami is one of the top destinations for Dante Moore, the freshman quarterback who's in the portal out of UCLA. And um, I guess as far as defensive players, Mm. No one really here that is too terribly surprising, right? Maybe Kamari Ramsey that went in here not too long ago. He's the redshirt freshman safety out of UCLA. Top 10 guy in the portal right now, but is undecided and doesn't have a laundry list of people that he's talked to either. Mainly on the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> so many quarterbacks, and yeah, now we're starting to see some uh, offensive linemen. Someone so. asked yesterday about Andrew Makubu. The Makuba, the corner out of Clemson, he's a strong lean right now to Texas. So I don't know how long Oklahoma has been or if they're in on him, but that seems to be the buzz around Makuba. All right, um, there's your portal update. And as always, it's brought to you by Swift Co. Roofing and Construction, but it always circles back to the most difficult and challenging one to swallow. That was Caden Green's decision to enter the transfer portal. All right, when we come back, tonight is a big night for college football. It is the release of the SEC schedule. Now, we know a handful of games for Oklahoma, but I have projected the ultimate schedule for Oklahoma. This is by no means factual, but if it is, I will take all the credit for it. I will give you my dream schedule for Oklahoma, or at least how I think it can play out coming up next. Right here on the ref. Oh, I forgot about that. Sorry. All right, are you are you excited for my schedule unveiling? Are you pumped? I'm ready. All right. First, though, let me get Bama Tom in here. I always like to hear from Bama Tom. He brings the juice. What's going on, Tom? Hey, How are you, bud? Hey, hey guys. Jameer Gibbs and Jamison Williams are two. Williamson are two of my favorite players of all time. 
we lucked out with them in the portal. Like yeah. I was waiting on hold. You know what I'm sad about the portal is not whether the OU lineman or a Bama running back, like we lost Wheatley a year or two ago. It's not that. It's schools like Old Dominion or Virginia or Tulsa that have a really good player that has a great year, and then basically Michigan or Bama or OU or Miami or Texas A&M can come along, offer them one or two million, and they're gone. That's... We're entering. We're entering a free agency like you've never seen, and I don't know why a player, if they have a great year and get a great offer, why they wouldn't go somewhere else and make a million or two million dollars. Because let's face it, most of these kids are not going to go to the NFL, but they're good enough for D1, which says a lot. And if they could make some money, then then go for it. But that's what you're seeing, I think, with Bo Nix. You're seeing with uh, your quarterback that left for Oregon. You're seeing with these kids. Now, the, the OU lineman, that is a real head-scratcher. Because isn't he just a freshman yeah, or a yeah. sophomore? Yeah, I mean, freshman, true freshman. What's the, well, what's the story on that? What's the scuttlebutt? What, what's going on with it? It depends, Bama Tom, on which side you're listening to. Because right now, I would say, as shocking and surprising as it was, there's also been radio silence as to the why behind it. Uh, Brent Venable's going to talk on Friday, and I don't know if we'll have much clarity or, or clarification right. on it by then, right. but at least from last night in the player avails, everyone was pretty surprised by it. Now, I will tell you, as a lifelong Bama fan, i got a quick story. So I went to Bama homecoming with my mom years ago because Dad, unfortunately, died in 87. But on an interesting note, he was in medical school with Pat Trammell, yeah. who was the quarterback on the 61 team, quite so they were good friends. So anyway, and Mon had class with Joe Namath. So anyway, um, we're at the homecoming. We're going into the Sigma Chi reunion. Let's go. And there is Stella Ward. And I said, I said, uh, or Celia Ward, I from TV and movies and all, she was a cheerleader on the 73 squad. Anyway, I said, oh, that's you're Stella Ward. And she said, that's Celia. And I said, yeah, whatever. You've done good. Good job. And I just kept walking. Didn't get a picture. Didn't ask for an autograph. Oh like, so what? I'm, I'm, I'm DUI Tom. I'm this Bama Tom. Then another time, I'm at the Super Bowl. I'm going to see my Packers because they've sucked for 30 years. They may not make it back to the Super Bowl. This is 97. I'm in New Orleans where I went to law school. Had a friend put me up for free. Got my ticket from Tickets Unlimited in Norman for seven hundred fifty bucks. Good deal. Which, by the way, was the twenty yard line. The uh, and we're coming out of the Intercontinental having brunch there. And there, believe it or not, is Bon Jovi. He's the size of an Oompa Loompa. Little and dude. I said, I said, hey, you're John Bon Jovi. And he said, yeah. And I said, cool. Turn around, walked away. Couldn't care less. So. <laughs> Anyway, why, why are you big timing these celebrities, Bama Tom? Is it just to add to the repertoire here? At least try to get a picture no, or something, I, right? I don't. I don't. They're human, right? I, I don't. Have you, have you read Ecclesiastes? Other than your relationship with God and your relationship with other, everything else is a vanity. That's true. I don't need to participate in the vanity. I'm good. Good. I saw them. I acknowledge them. They're a human. They're a child of God. I'm a child of God. It's all good. <laughs> have a great day, Bama Tom. Roll Tide. Bye bye. <laughs> I still got to figure out who the Sigma Chi is in that relationship, Bama Tom, because in Hoke, man, that's about the only thing I got going for me right now. Is man blew Chi off tans. John? Excuse me. Yeah, John Bon Jovi blew off John Bon Jovi and Celia Celia Ward. Yeah, 
<laughs> the, the phone call reactions have become my new favorite thing on this show. All right, give me my shortcut. I got a little music for us here. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought that it would be a situation where I could have – oh, sorry – where I would have the, uh, but it's good, where I would have the, what's the word I'm looking for? Fight song for every single one of the schools that I was giving you here. Is that not working? Oh, there you go. All right. All right, there we go. I was going to try to have the fight song for every single school, but I failed miserably, and that is a lot of work to do. So I became very envious of TJ Perry. All right, here we go. Tonight on ESPN, the schedule release for the SEC. Now, I do want to add a very... Vanity, well, not Van. Look, Tom, Bama Tom brought up Vanity, and it's on my. But a self promotion here for our station. Uh, Teddy and Tyler are staying on from six until seven. So typically, with a show that is three to six, they're going to go three to seven because this will be unveiled during their program tonight. So, if you're out and about today, the 2024 SEC football schedule release. You'll have it all right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. If you're at home, it'll be in primetime on the main ESPN. Not the Deuce, not the Trace, not the Ocho, not ESPNU. ESPN starting at 6 o'clock and the SEC Network. So here's here's what I think is going to happen. This is just my projection of a schedule that works for OU. Are you ready? We know the first four weeks of the season. OU will open up against Temple on August 31st. They will play Houston on September 7th. September 14th will be Tulane. And then on September 21st, they will open SEC play against Tennessee. Now, here's where things got a little bit dicey for me. I went ahead and put the trip to Auburn on September 28th. So to me, September 20th, now I I was torn, and let me explain why. I wanted to put the bye week there, but then I also think the bye after Texas makes a lot more sense, right? And that's what Oklahoma has kind of done historically. So to me, and what I expect, the non-con games with Temple, Houston, and Tulane, followed by the SEC opener, a home game against Tennessee, and then on September 28th, I have Oklahoma going to Auburn, followed by the October 5th game against Texas. I expect it to stay on that weekend. And then I have the bye on October 12th. So that would be five games and then a bye. So far, so good? Yeah, I like that. Okay, okay. We think, we think, Connor Pasby, that the SEC's, uh, that the Ole Miss schedule got leaked last week. And if all of those authorities out there who leaked it had it correct, that means we'll be going to the Grove on October 26th. So that means we've got to figure out who OU will play out of the bye on October 19th. I don't think the LSU game is going to be on Thanksgiving weekend. I don't. So I've got OU going to LSU on October 19th. So that's going to be a dicey back-to-back road trip between a trip to LSU and a trip to Ole Miss. Now, I got to be honest with you. If the Ole Miss schedule wasn't released, then I would have loved to have seen the South Carolina game in the middle of that sandwich 
like October 19th at LSU, October 26th versus South Carolina, and then November 2nd at Ole Miss, right? But if, if this is to be true, I think back-to-back road games there with at LSU and at Ole Miss, followed by the home game on November 2nd against South Carolina. So that would go by October 12th at Ole Miss. I'm sorry, at LSU on the 19th, at Ole Miss on the 26th, Home for South Carolina on the 2nd. And then I think the second bye will come November 9th. I think the second bye will come November 9th. So that means Oklahoma will play six games, have a bye. Three games, have a bye. Then November 16th against Maine. November 23rd, the Alabama game that is set. And I do think they're going to close the season on November 30th at Missouri. That's it. Now, I will be honest with you. There's a really good chance, in my opinion, Connor, I don't know why I'm holding up this notepad so you can see it, but there's a really good chance that October 19th and November 23rd could flip. I'm sorry, October 19th and November 30th could flip. Like, in other words, I could see, right? They're saying, no, 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 let's let's try to do something. The if there is one thing that the SEC has really tried to do is they've they've tried to make LS what in the world is that? Oh, I unplugged this. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. I was like, why is that playing over there? So they've tried to find something for LSU on Rivalry Weekend, right? They played Texas AM for the better part of the last decade. They were with Arkansas from the moment that Arkansas joined the SEC. And they've had some big games, but I, I don't feel like either one of those has really stuck. And I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think LSU is going to be on the schedule for Oklahoma every single year. So I don't know if they would want to risk that, knowing that even if they go to nine, there's a really good chance Missouri could be on Oklahoma's schedule every single season. That's my reasoning behind it. All right, what 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 do you think? I- I like, the, I like the, the start of it. I like the start of it. I mean, obviously, you get the first four home games. We know non-conference play at home against Tennessee. And then you take a road trip right. at Auburn. I like how the buys are kind of spread out. We expect the buy like it seems to be every year after the Texas game. That is going to be a tough road trip, though. I mean, at LSU and then out at I, Ole Miss back-to-back. Yeah, I don't like that. I mean, whenever I was going through this, I guess, I guess technically – if you wanted to, you could move the bye to September 28th before Texas and then have the Auburn game on the 12th and then put the South Carolina game on the 19th. But any way you slice it, there's going to be a rough back-to-back in there somewhere. That's that's just my own personal little projection as to how I think it could play out tonight. I don't, I don't have any inside information outside of the, let's see, three, four, five, six dates we think we know. The three early season non-conference games, Temple, Houston, Tulane. The September 21st home opener against Tennessee for the SEC. October 5th against Texas. And then the November 23rd game against Alabama. And if you buy that the Ole Miss schedule release was legit or a leak, then October 26th against Ole Miss is set. 
I and I love the finish to the schedule, especially if OU is playing some really good football next year late in the season. Yeah. With Alabama, then finish off with what'd you have at Missouri? That's what I've projected for now. Now and again, I think what's gonna be interesting is I, I'm my my three biggest things tonight that I want to look for, which again in the process of putting this together, number one, where will those buys be situated? Will they wait? You know, six games until after Texas, or will that buy be going into Texas? That's number one. Number two, where is that back-to-back road trip going to be? Because I don't, I don't think if if Ole Miss is truly on October twenty-sixth, I don't. I think that. I think that there is a brutal back-to-back somewhere as far as road trips are concerned. If it's to Auburn, if it's to LSU, it's to Ole Miss or Missouri. You know, in those four games, when you open up with four straight at home and obviously your first conference game at home, there's going to be a brutal back-to-back in there somewhere. And and maybe the bye is situated between those two back-to-backs. I don't know. I don't care. Well, I shouldn't say I don't care. I, I just don't foresee that being the case. You think for sure it'll be back-to-back road trips, though? At some point yeah. in this schedule, it has to be, right? At some point yep. in this schedule, it has to be. It's just not realistic. And, and again, especially if that Ole Miss game is set for the 26th. Because you look at it, you have four, five, essentially six set set dates. And if you're sliding in two buys, somewhere in there, they're going to be a back-to-back road trip. Would just be my uninformed, yet sat here and spent way too much time on this last night, diving into what this might look like. If this is right, if this ends up being right tomorrow, I want to get all the shine. <laughs> I want to get all the shine. And and this is a really good point before we grab a break from Vinny Paul. Uh, he, he writes, the schedule is never going to look perfect or favorable. From here on to eternity – Injuries will only dictate that change. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you won't know anything can happen as we're putting this schedule together, like you just mentioned, injuries or, yeah, a team not, you know, playing up to their potential or preseason hype. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I, I – are, are you, Vinnie Paul, pushing for, like, another buy in there somewhere? I don't even know how I feel about this second bye week that's been slid in this season. I don't know how I feel about that. I I will say the hardest thing was just to try to figure out, all right, could you potentially – Oklahoma will not play LSU on November 9th. We know that because Alabama and LSU have been released for that date. But, I mean, could November – I mean. Do you want your buy with only two games left in the season? Like I, I don't, I don't know, and I don't know if the schedule makers look at it that way, nor do they care. But I was thinking, all right, well, if you're gonna have an early buy after Texas, maybe you go ahead and play Maine on November 9th and then have the buy going into your final two games against Bama and Missouri. I don't know. I, I don't know how that weekend's gonna be treated. I don't know how that Maine game's gonna be treated. But. We're all going to find out tonight at 6. And if you can't make it to the TV, our buddies Teddy and Tyler will have you covered with your with the Rush, a special uh, extra hour of the Rush today from 3 to 7, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. 
All right, so Dan in Madison off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line pretty much vehemently disagrees with me on a few of these, right? So he has – Dan, here's where I disagree. I don't think Oklahoma's going to have a buy that close. He's got the buy on the 19th and the 9th. I've got the buy the week before in the 9th. We – and if you just last segment I was going through my guess, he has the Sooners playing three, five, six, seven games before a bye on the 19th. And we all have that old miss game scheduled in on the 26th. We agree on South Carolina November 2nd. But Dan says Tennessee, then at Missouri on the 28th, OU Texas on the 5th, then at Auburn on the 12th before the bye. Yeah, he's got the buy after Auburn instead of. I, I, I think those two would be reversed. But again, I don't know what I'm talking about. The 405 off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. So much speculation about the schedule that we don't know much about anyway. And also, we've got way too many wide receivers. They don't have linemen in front of them. It doesn't matter who we've got wide receiver. <laughs> well, let's, okay, let's, let's get a quick little roster update on that front, okay? Here is, according to the Oklahoma Sooner official online roster, which only lists – let me make sure before I I sound stupid. Okay. It only lists guys as OL offensive line, and I will exclude those that are in the portal right now. So you would have Troy Everett, Caleb Schaefer, Aaron Parks, Gunnar Allen, Kenneth Wormy. I don't know much about Kenneth. Drew Bott, Joshua Bates, the center, Ty – Kubitschek, Nate Anderson's in the portal, Kane Green's in the hole. Logan Howland, he's a very large man. McCain Matoyer, Jacob Sexton, Heath Ozeda, Christian Smith, and Jake Taylor. So you got 14 offensive linemen on the roster right now. Now, I don't know how many of those are scholarship and how many of those are walk-ons, and you could take out McCain Matoyer and you got 13. But I, I think numbers-wise – they're okay. They want to add more. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But I just, I mean, like I said, I don't know who is all uh, scholarship and who isn't. But, it, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to recruit offensive linemen. It really, truly is. And Bill Beanbow talked about that on our last coaches show. It's just as difficult. Uh, Nick writes, after yesterday, if Green goes to Missouri, I don't mind playing them every year and smoking them. I hope so. They're pretty good. <laughs> it's, they're going to a bowl game. Top, yeah, top 10, 10 team this year. They're, they're good. Now, I, I don't know if they've caught lightning in a bottle and got a little break with their schedule or what. I mean, it took a 61-yard field goal to beat Kansas State. But I'm not sitting here quaking in my boots whenever it comes to any matchup with Missouri. That's for certain. By the way, a really cool story for Missouri this year was the the Theo Wee's season. You know, he he had a nice breakout season. He really did. Uh, Mark from Enid. Nebraska paying bank to get players. So what if, hypothetically, Matt Rule is after Caden Green? Goes to show you could be anyone. Just figured I'd add to the rumor mill. And then the Sooner Andy is much more dialed into the Caden Green situation and the details and I appear to be he writes 
Caden Green's dad deleted Twitter a couple days prior. Family has gone radio silence insiders, OU's coaches, his high school coaches, and any, and as of yesterday afternoon, even his OU teammates. Seems to be a very calculated move. This after meeting on Saturday with BV and Bill Beanbow seemingly ending well. Seems off. Seems odd. If all of this is accurate and how families handled this situation, do we want him back? I am leaning to a hard no unless there's more to the story. Sooner, Andy. Yes. Yes. You absolutely. What are you talking about? You're taking the word of the gospel of reports that are out there right now. Stop. Don't be that guy. I don't even know if I want it back if all this is true. You don't know if any of it is true, right? We don't. And the second part of it is we don't, we don't know what's going on there. So if, if the mindset is, well, if all this is true, I don't want him back. Stop. Yeah, you do. We absolutely want Caden Green back. I love you, Caden Green. I want you back. I don't care if you're not talking to insiders or your high school coaches. I don't care if you've gone radio silent. If you want to come back, come on down, baby. He's a really good football player, <laughs> and you need him up front. Uh, speaking of Missouri, writes the 508, with the year they had, how much harder will it be to get Williams-Wanary to flip? So yesterday, I think I failed miserably. I thought everyone would be fired up about it. All right. What's next on your off-season checklist? I think we got, what, like two texts and one calls on it? Holy smokes. What, a, what an absolute disaster of a segment. But in, in my little checklist that I put together, I, I thought that trying to flip a Williams-Winary, I thought that would be, like, number one or two on the list. But seeing since none of you people wanted to share your list with me, whatever – uh, Scott T writes, is this too far-fetched? Maybe Green went into the portal to get OU to give him more NIL money and got upset after seeing them give money to a Purdue wide receiver transfer. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, there's a I, I don't see a fresh, I don't see a freshman doing that. If it, it's, it's hard to figure out, but yet welcome to the world of free agency involving 18 to 19 to 20 year olds, 21 year olds, even. It's, it's hard to figure them out. Not everyone is a graduate transfer quarterback. Jeff from the OKC writes, do you think Tawi practicing means he is back? I do not. But I do think that Brent Venables, if you are, you know, we, we go back to last year, the Bray Walkers, the Corey Roberson, guys that we thought would be in the portal, they still dressed and played in the bowl game. I don't know if Bray played in the bowl game or not. But I, I, I think that door would be open to Tawi. But I just, I don't think I would read too much into a guy being back or not. And Brent Venables, again, is going to talk to us on Friday. We got a break. Uh, it's 1051 on the Plank Show. We'll put a wrap on the text line and get you ready for the top five stories of the day next right here on The Wrap. I would like to announce a change on my schedule projection. I think, I think South Carolina is going to be October 19th. I would like to announce a flip from the at LSU game on – October 19th to make that a home game against South Carolina and then the road trip to LSU on November 2nd. Just to kind of clarify for those of you that are going to hold me accountable. Uh, this is really good from Jason Johns before we break. Jason writes, did you guys see the podcast in the Prairie video yesterday? Jaron Kanick said that it makes more sense to get in the portal. They get paid more than guys that stick around. 
He said it's like the guys that don't get in the portal and stay get nothing, but the ones that leave get more cash. Well, he would know, right? It helps to play really well, Jaron Kinnick, too. I'm just going to throw that out there. Playing well helps that a lot. But I would say this is part of the problem of a very disorganized system because I really don't – I mean, all you have is what these guys see on social media, Connor, and then what the word of mouth becomes between other guys. I mean, Jaron Kanick might be going off what he's hearing from someone that's just not the case. To where a guy that sticks around and plays well, like a Jackson Arnold if he does, or a Peyton Bowen, or a Danny Stutzman, they end up doing really well. Now you look at a guy like, oh, if he gets in the portal and gets this much money, that means maybe I can do the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. But I just don't, you know, I I don't necessarily know if that is, if that is accurate. But he would know. I mean, until we get a little bit more, what's the word I'm looking for? Guardrails, and that's a constantly used term, or at least reporting, what does TJ always says? He, he wants to see the ledger. He wants to see the check receipts, whatever. I, I personally believe that you're in a situation that has got to be, at the very least, what's the best way to put this? Coordinated. Because some of these numbers that are being thrown out there, just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. All right, quick. I had it here, but I, I got a text last night. I got a text last night from my buddy in Vegas. He said, did Dylan Gabriel really get a $5 million offer from Oregon? I was like, no, no, I, I don't know. But that's the world we live in now. These rumors start, and there's no one that can say no. It's a plank show right here on The Ref.